Welcome to the O Podcast, also known as the Only Women Entrepreneurs Podcast. I'm your host, Rosemary Cescolini, former high school English teacher turned successful entrepreneur who entered into a male-dominated field of manufacturing, where I began a career in woodworking at Royal Door Limited, a family-owned and operated business. There, for over 30 years, I personally envisioned designed and built custom handcrafted wood doors for thousands of people across this great country. Now I run O, an organization dedicated to providing empowerment and direction to young women as they consider entrepreneurship and alternative professions from culinary, mining, manufacturing, and construction to everything in between. Here you'll discover the lessons and wisdoms from successful women who have taken charge of their own lives. Our guest today is Allison Ober Barker. Allison is a dynamic and resilient force in the world of construction and steel fabrication. From teaching snowboarding in Collingwood, Ontario, to a decade spent as a stay-at-home mom, she embraced diverse roles before returning to her family's business, Norex Steel Construction Limited, in 2020. Initially, expecting a part-time administrative position, Allison found herself taking on substantial responsibility as project coordinator and signing officer. Navigating this journey, Allison encountered challenges familiar to many women in her field, yet she emerged stronger with a resolve to make a lasting impact in the steel industry. Her story is a source of inspiration for aspiring female entrepreneurs and women who would like to pursue alternative careers in the steel industry, showcasing the importance of confidence, continuous learning, and resilience. Hello, Allison, and welcome to the O Podcast. Hi, thank you so much for having me. Well, we'll start uh, off with a bit of your educational background. You want to fill our audience in? I do. So I have my honors in commerce uh, from the University of Guelph. I graduated from there in 2008 thinking that I wanted to be a caterer, but that all kind of changed. Um, after university, I went and were, uh, went to culinary school. I got my basic chef training certificate and then decided that hospitality was, at least in a private chef capacity, was not for me. Um, so I went and worked for the Toronto and Region Conservation Authority. I was a food and beverage supervisor at Black Creek Pioneer Village, um, the on-site supervisor for all of their weddings and social events, their corporate events, as well as running their restaurant and snack bar. Um, nice. It was quite a big role, but uh, that's <laughs> I okay. Bet. <laughs> yes, it, there's it, there's a lot that goes on there. Um, but after uh, becoming pregnant with my daughter, she was born in uh, 2010, I decided that going back to that sort of industry was just not for me. It wasn't really conducive to a family. So I was home for 10 years and then came back to my family's company, as you said. That's wonderful. And any other work experiences in between? Uh, no, before that, as you mentioned, I taught snowboarding up in Collingwood part-time for 10 years and then full-time for one year, and uh, that was kind of as I went through university. Okay. That's a, a very diverse experience, uh, both in education and also work history. So it brought a lot of new things to your, your family business, so we're going to see how you applied them to it on your uh, responsibilities. How did you make your journey toward becoming the project coordinator in the steel construction industry as opposed to just the office administrator? Uh, 
Yeah, so I came here hoping for, you know, three to four days a week where I was just kind of helping out where needed. I came back in right in the middle of COVID. Um, I started in October of 2020, which was very difficult because my children at the time were school aged. And, you know, with all of the shutdowns, we were they were doing their education in our boardroom here. Um, but I kind of came back just hoping to have that not really a lot of responsibility. Mm-hmm. And just over time, it grew into something where uh, my dad, who was the president, took a step back and I was kind of the on-site leader. But in, you know, in the meantime, we hired a new president but getting into it it was really just people started coming to me because um as my dad was the president when he wasn't on site they needed someone who uh represented him really and as that person there were a lot of questions a lot of phone calls happening between my dad and myself um and then you just kind of grow into the role it, it kind of takes a whole new journey and a whole new it brought out a whole new personality in me really going from someone who wasn't very confident in that role to someone who is now able to make those decisions. Well, that's fantastic to hear how you evolved. And it's always good to have a mentor, even though in this case, it was your dad, a family member. Mentors play a very important role for anyone learning something that's new. And obviously, you fell into a a great opportunity and you had a great Mm -hmm. mentor. And look at you now, you're you're confident and you've got a large organization that have have quite a bit of responsibilities there, I bet. So there is uh, quite a team that stands with me here and um, without every single person bringing me along, I don't think that I would be in the position that I am now. But I mean, I also think when I came into this position because I didn't have the education or the background in steel, aside from, you know, I worked here as a teenager, but only in the admin position, it was quite, uh, there was quite a growth spurt and quite a steep learning curve to get into it. But every single person on our team has really been beneficial and integral in me getting to this point. Yeah, that's true. One aspect about being a business owner, you can't fulfill all the roles. And I'm glad you mentioned that you have a team behind you because they're all specialized in some aspect of the business and and they're there to guide you and provide the resources so that you can make the right decisions to to run the company properly. We can't do it on our own. Absolutely not. So I'm happy to hear that you have a team that's behind you and supports you every step of the way. Mm -hmm. In your experience, what opportunities exist for women in the steel construction industry in general? So actually, it's interesting because when I was at our um, industry meeting, we had it in Ireland this year, and the number of women that I met there who are really just getting into this industry. It was really inspiring to see. Um, normally you go to these industry meetings and a lot of the time it, it, it's mostly men and I'm one of the very few women in there. But now I'm seeing a lot of the younger generation get into it, especially people just coming out of college or coming out of university. And some of these people have just really fallen into the industry and just kind of, you know, the right place at the right time. But you have young women who are not only engineers and um, detailers, but you also have people who are, we have a female welder on one of our sites at the moment, and she has won several awards for her welding and which is really great that is amazing. Um, 
Yeah, and at our Canadian International Steel, um, CISC, sorry, Canadian International Steel Construction, they have um, a meeting every year, and last year the presenter was one of the female shop foremen from one of our competitors, which was incredible. It was the first time that we'd had a woman host the event. Wow, that's um, impressive. Mm -hmm. So I think a lot of trade schools are seeing more women get into it because mm -hmm. I know we all know that there are so many jobs in the trades. So steel industry does have the opportunity for them. And I think it's becoming much more of an equal playing field as right. far as women and men go. So have you been experiencing uh, shortages? I know with the pandemic, everybody's been complaining that they haven't had enough of a labor force to have full production going at a regular basis. How is it in your industry? So we have been speaking with a lot of our colleagues in the industry about this. And just like every other industry that I know, we do have some shortages. It has been difficult hiring people and not only hiring them, but getting them through the training procedures. And it's a, it can be quite a dangerous industry with the weight of the material that we are moving around on a regular basis. So I think a lot of people are having a struggle with the safety requirements as well. Um, so we find that we end up with people who are interested in the positions that we're hiring for, but then unfortunately they leave us shortly after. Oh, that's that's terrible. I think retention is a big issue with all the industries across the board. And I don't know the it's it's great to hear that there's opportunities, but I think there's a significant gap between um, what's offered in the schools and uh, what's offered, you know, for employers to properly train and um, not only attract uh, women to the industry, but again, uh, training them properly and then retaining them. Uh, I think those are significant challenges that we need to uh, work on. So one thing I think we, we need to unite on this front is perhaps working with the government at our level um, and to see if we could kind of have some input in the curriculum. Like, what would you like to see in the school curriculum where we can start encouraging uh, young women to pursue alternative careers, perhaps in the steel uh, construction industry? And then at that point, what do you want to see in the colleges to ensure that proper training does happen and that we were able to um, not only attract, but also retain um, these young women? In the high school curriculum, it definitely... I think that there definitely are gaps. Um, I remember when I was in high school, we did have some programs that were within the trades, you know, with woodworking or with the automobile industry, or um, we even had a, like a plastics lab at my high school. But all of those have since been phased out. And I think right. it's difficult to generate interest in these types of industries if you don't have access or availability to them. So even designing the programs, not only for business administration, which is mm -hmm. you know, the highlight when I was back, way back then when I was there, but also having these hands-on access to these trades before you even go into a school or having, you know, not necessarily trade shows, but during the education fairs, having a better representation of these programs that are out there. I know there was a big push way back when that, you know, everyone went to university, but now we end up in a situation where we don't have nearly enough people in the trades and especially a representation of women. 
So as far as government goes, I think there are so many programs out there that people can take advantage of. But I think this is just one of those sectors that mm -hmm. we kind of have like the gap there. Um, so I don't know how to get through to the government. It's not something that up until this point I have gone through, but I would be happy to be engaged in that and moving forward. That's, that sounds wonderful because um, I, I'm getting uh, a lot of positive feedback with uh, um, many of the uh, guests that I've had on the show already. They're, they're willing to work with the government and uh, I'm starting to pry open the door uh, in the Ministry of Education, uh, especially with our, our representative, uh, Stephen Lecce. He's got a lot of great ideas. He he is very much aware of how many shortages there are and it's causing a lot of supply issues as well as um, inflation because when you can't get your product um, at, at a reasonable amount of time and you have to you know, pay people extra money to work overtime, you know, costs accumulate very quickly and, um, you know, goods are starting to become out of the reach of uh, ordinary uh, Canadians. So it's it's very much of a concern and it's something that needs to be addressed right away. So I'll keep that in mind um, <laughs> when, I do, um, when I am in contact with him. Um, as a project coordinator and signing officer, you've referred to yourself as something like a jack of all trades. Could you elaborate on the diverse roles you handle? Yes, so I there's a second portion of that. I say that I'm a jack of all trades, but master of none. Um, so I came <laughs> in as you know the the project coordinator. So really working with our project manager, who has been absolutely incredible to work with here. Um, but working with them as well as with our subcontractors, like our detailers and our connection designers and our erectors on site, as well as working with the general contractors. But as the daughter of the business owner, I tend to get pulled in a lot of different directions. Mm -hmm. We do have a rather small office. There are only, I think, nine of us within the office. And then we do have someone who works off site. Right. So when we have so many roles, but so few people, when we have someone who goes on vacation, I tend to fill in for that person as best I can. And it comes with a lot of pivoting and a lot of um, inventive ways of doing their jobs right. and a lot of interesting ways of getting to that final destination of what needs to be done. It just, it may come in a circular way rather than a linear, but I have not mastered them all. I am learning all of the roles, but I have not mastered all of them yet. Well, you know, being at the the position you're at, it's um, every day you're learning something. It's it's impossible to go a day without learning uh, a new skill, some information, and and that way you get better at it. And and like you said, it's it's hard to master everything because you are pulled in so many directions. And I, I can imagine how how busy and how you have to be plugged into so many things at once, right? It's true. It is very true. Yes. So I want to look back at your earlier work history when you were teaching, say, um, snowboarding in Collingwood or you were working in the hospitality. Do you have any experiences that you want to share that help shape your approach to your current career? Um, it, it's very interesting when you're teaching snowboarding, especially at the ski club that I was working with. Um, 
you work with a lot of kids who have a lot of opportunity mm -hmm. and it's definitely very different from coming into an industry where we have you know hourly employees um, but just working in a way to communicate with children um, you kind of bring that with you all the way through or working in hospitality the way that you have to communicate with all of the different coordinators that you work right. with, with in weddings such as you know the sometimes they would have external wedding coordinators or the um, even the officiants at the wedding or the wedding cake person. Mm -hmm. um, so communicating with them in a way that is a little bit outside of my realm of expertise and bringing that within this industry has really been beneficial. And especially with our, a lot of our shop uh, employees are we have a very multinational, very diverse group of people. Right. So learning not only the portions of their job, but also their backgrounds and learning all of the, the different personalities and bringing that, those experiences in, it has definitely helped my communication style. Um, it has definitely developed my leadership style, which mm -hmm. is still developing. Um, it's it's been a very interesting road to get here. <laughs> oh, sounds like it. I recall on my earlier past work experiences, I I learned a little bit about entrepreneurship. I learned about, like you said, dealing with people of various backgrounds, communication skills, and you know what? They all uh, came in handy when the time came that you know that I was at the top of the helm. And uh, I'm appreciative that I did have that opportunity. And I think we should encourage our, our younger audience to go out, get a part-time job. It doesn't matter to search something that you like to work. Like maybe you want to say, if you're working with kids, maybe at a daycare, if you want to uh, figure out, maybe I want to work in construction, get a part-time job in the construction industry. All these um, you know, wonderful opportunities that you said are there for the taking and you will um, finish off learning a lot and you can apply that in, in new situations. Mm -hmm. This is very true. In a male-dominated industry, like both of ours, like how do you overcome the initial challenges of not being taken seriously by some of your contacts, especially <laughs> you're, the, you're the owner's daughter to boot, right? Yes, this is true. So um, for the first two and a half years that I was here, I didn't use my maiden name at all because I didn't want people to know that I was associated with you know, our family business. And actually, interestingly enough, we hired someone that I worked very closely with and it took him about a month to figure out that I was related <laughs> to the owner. <laughs> at which point I thought, hmm, maybe I better oh, that's uh, start. Funny. Yeah, that's maybe funny. I better start you know, saying that. Yeah. Um, but it, it just being firm on what my position is, I have started introducing myself as, you know, the project coordinator when I go to site meetings so that I'm not mistaken as an admin assistant. I do hold a position where I wouldn't say it's a position of power, but it's a position where I'm not here to take your meeting minutes. I'm not here to get coffee for you. Right. I am here for a reason. And that reason <laughs> is that I want to work with our team and your team to get this project completed on time and on budget. <laughs> Yeah, that, that's funny that you mentioned that because I still I get that, uh, you know, when we're on site, you know, I, I might be wearing construction gear and uh, they, 
the same thing. Like, oh, can you help me? I, I, I'm looking for so-and-so. And I go, no, I'm not an administrative assistant. I'm here to do a duty. And then I will introduce what I'm here for. And they're like, oh, I didn't realize it was that. So I, I still get it. And, and I completely understand what you're saying. Um, I, sometimes being undercover boss, yeah, it would be nice to have that anonymity. And then it's your 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 employees they perceive you in a different way once they they know who you are the boss's daughter it adds a lot of pressure on you it does and i think um in the beginning i really did feel that i had to prove myself because mm -hmm. i came in as someone who maybe wasn't interviewed the same way as you know someone who is just getting into the industry would right. be uh, getting to where I am has taken a lot of work and a lot of, you know, things going on in the background and a lot of juggling. And my biggest thing was I didn't want to be taken as, oh, you know, she's only here because her dad right. owns the company. So I've worked very hard to get to where I am. <laughs> Rightfully so. You have to earn your place and you have to earn respect once, you know, your colleagues and, and the people that work for you understand that you really know your stuff you won't get challenged anymore and, and that's the greatest feeling to have when you're at that point in your life in your career it's true yeah okay what have been some of the most rewarding aspects of working in the construction and steel industry for you oh so one of the big things that i've really enjoyed is hiring co-op students Nice. bringing those younger people into our industry. As of yet, we have not had any applicants who have been female that want to work at least within our shop, but we have had some that have wanted to work in, within the office environment. Unfortunately, that didn't work out. The timing didn't work out to bring on a co-op student at all. So it's not like we chose a male over a female, mm -hmm. um, but going to the job fairs at the colleges and seeing all of these young women especially who want to come in and work in the construction industry is very inspiring especially when you go to um, some of these job fairs it's a lot of international students so right. not only is it difficult for them to be taken seriously within canada and you know get a job that they're also tens of thousands of kilometers away from their families so right. seeing them doing this on their own and getting into a position where they are able to work within Canada. And that is really rewarding. Uh, that's uh, really um, great to hear. So if I am a young um, listener and, and I want to apply to your, your, your program, where would I go and, and search that information? Do you have on your website or? Yes, we do have a spot on our website for employment. Um, if they are in the colleges, then often they have a job fair that we generally try to attend if we can. Um, it's funny, when we went to the job fair, I was handing out my personal business cards and I had so many people email me personally because a lot of people were just directed to other companies where it was, you know, information right. at. Um, so that was really nice to make that connection and it was actually interesting that i remembered so many of those people all of them left a lasting impression the questions that they were asking were so insightful and it was really nice as opposed to someone who would just come in and you know drop off a resume or apply online it's nice to be able to meet these people and see exactly who they are and what they are and what their aspirations are but our we do have a spot on our website that people can apply um, we do 
yet we do post um, specific jobs on you know the, the the hiring websites but for the most part it is through either the website or these job fairs okay so we'll, we'll put that in the show notes so anybody that wants to uh look you up they can uh you know ask and and, and perhaps they will find an opportunity right at uh your uh, facility there that would be great the um construction and steel industry is very competitive I can imagine. So how do you uh, manage this competition and manage to stay ahead overall? Oh, so it really turns into a numbers game. And we, our new president has an accounting background. So having him come in and be able to accurately identify where all of our costs are and where all of our costs are going has been eye-opening for you know, lack of a better term. Um, you know, because you, you have these costs that you figure are associated with everything and you update them when our steel prices change or our labor prices change, mm -hmm. but going and actually seeing these, this analyzing of all of our, our time and our machinery and our utilities and everything like that, it, it's really the only way that not only can we stay competitive, but more mm -hmm. than that, we stay true to what our actual costs are. Okay, that's great to know. And um, could you share some memorable moments or projects that have left a lasting impact on your career and uh, perspective? Yes, I can tell you about the good ones and the bad. <laughs> let's, hear, the first, let's hear them then. <laughs> I mean, the good, the bad and the ugly, right? Yeah, sure. Um, the first project that I took on myself, we were building uh, a very small project for our industry and it was a retail uh, spot. And it was one of those projects where I really do think that everything that possibly could have gone wrong <laughs> went wrong. Everything from steel prices changing to um, the estimated erection time, we gave you know a two and a half week window, and suddenly this building was put up in like three and a half days. <laughs> wow which makes it difficult for the other trades to follow us. Um, and in the end, it was a very humbling experience. I bet. <laughs> <laughs> um, it was also one of the first projects where I had to stand up for myself as far as the client was involved, because every time I tried to speak in the meetings, he would just cut me off and wow. again, not take me seriously. So when I got mad, I just might not have been the right thing to do but i sat and i waited for him to finish his sentences and then after about 30 seconds of this awkward silence i said to him oh is it my turn now oh. and yes wow and he, he didn't like that i bet um <laughs> i think he took me a little bit more seriously after that because i had been railroaded several times before mm -hmm. and in the end we ended up finishing the project it was definitely over budget for us but it was on time for the client which is really important yes it is and i think that's probably one of those um lasting memories for me that i will definitely hold with me for a very long time um, the other project that I would definitely say we built a very large warehouse and the project manager on site, the senior project manager, is a woman and it was one of the first large projects that I was involved in. Mm -hmm. And 
it was a really great experience working with a woman who works for such a large construction company. They are prevalent in not only Ontario, but all over Canada. And just seeing the way that she dealt with all of the trades on site, and she really did just make it look easy. Her communication style was very direct, but at the same time, not condescending in any way. And mm -hmm. I really do think that I took a lot away from the experience of working with her, especially because our project, it was, we were, were just about to start it when I started in October of 2020. And it lasted almost a year putting this building up but I am still in contact with her. And the reason that I'm still in contact with her is just because she's great to bounce ideas off of. Mm -hmm. And she acted really in a mentorship capacity for me. You know, that, that is so, it's amazing to hear that because uh, I, I personally have experienced, like you, the, the, the good, the bad, the ugly. But um, there are so many people that we meet, especially now, more women are getting into our industries. And once you make that initial contact and you work on a project, uh, it's like um, a lifelong network. And I do also do what you do. If I need something to bounce off of, like I have a nice Rolodex of uh, professional women that I can contact and, and bounce these ideas off of. And, and it's really good to have um, for any of your needs, when you, especially when you're kind of at a loss of how to proceed on something or you're frustrated in a project. Yeah, I think we all have to have those. The only way that we can learn is from other people as well as our mistakes. So, you know, maybe you can talk to somebody about their mistakes and avoid the one in your life. Well, thank you for so, so much for sharing those two, you know, because <laughs> everyone thinks... Um, they only see the outside perimeter of you if you're a successful individual. They don't see all the pitfalls, the obstacles, you know, the face plants that we've uh, done over the years. And But we're still smiling. We still stand up. But it was a very educational experience for us, right? Not to repeat yeah. the mistakes of the past. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Onward and upward. 100%. So one thing you mentioned earlier in the podcast uh, was about your family and the importance. So how do you balance work and family? I know it's challenging for any person, especially uh, an individual like yourself that has tremendous amount of uh, responsibilities. What tips can you give for um, young people out there? I think the biggest one is learning to take the time that you need for yourself as well as for your family. I have an incredibly supportive husband who his family also has a family business, third generation. Um, so he is also very busy, but we work together and we make a really great team. Um, not only do we both work, I work more in a part-time capacity. I only work while my children are in school, but I do a lot remotely in the evenings. Mm -hmm. um, uh, but we do have a competitive gymnast in our house who's at the gym 12 hours a week. And oh, wow. yeah. And oh, congratulations on that. <laughs> well, thank you. Yeah. She's, uh, she's very, very busy with the gym. Um, so taking the time for myself as well as just being really organized as far as our schedule goes. Uh, my husband and I sit down every weekend and plan who's doing our drop-offs and our pickups as well as our meal planning and anything else that might come up. Um, 
when we know what's going on and we're able to communicate those expectations and those needs, it makes for a much smoother ride. And then that's what personally attracted me to entrepreneurship, that flexibility. And we're having four kids of my own. And it was very important for me to be home when they were home. And again, working remotely, scheduling appointments when, you know, I was able to uh, drop them off. They played hockey, competitive hockey. So oh, goodness. That's a really good lot me. of hockey, right? <laughs> and uh, fortunately, we had um, the team uh, was very tight. So there was always parents that had more time than other parents and they would do all the driving around which I was fortunate for that. But um, yeah, being able to to set your hours and your time so advantageous with with a family and your other point, uh, putting yourself first in your needs, that's important because you you mentally and physically have to be at your best to contend with with all the challenges and responsibilities you have on a day-to-day basis. Yes, and I think um, even with our staff, if there's a family issue, Mm-hmm. You know, our response is always family comes first, uh, because if you don't have that freedom and flexibility from your employer, it makes it very difficult for family life. Um, mm-hmm. We just had an employee who had a family emergency and had to be overseas for three weeks with like two days notice. Wow. So, you know, and that's where the jack of all trades and master of none comes from. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, he had a little bit of a mess to come back to, um, but we muddled our way through because that family role is imperative without our families they're our biggest cheerleaders so without our families it just makes it so much more difficult yeah and then you need to respect that because if uh, something is bothering uh, one of your employees then you know what they, they're not be able to safely perform their tasks and especially in your type of industry and mine that there could be a work-related injury if their their mind is not in the game. So it's really important that they have, um, you know, a, a healthy household to report to, and 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 come to work with a a clear mind, and they're able to focus on the tasks at hand. Yes, very true. Uh, at all, we strive to help women step into leadership roles. Uh, you've mentioned that being uh, in a leadership role was initially challenging for you. How did you overcome some of your insecurities and become comfortable making decisions? Ooh, that's a very good question. I think it just comes with, you know, those experiences of celebrating our successes and, you know, kind of licking your wounds when you make those mistakes, Mm -hmm. but also learning from them. And, you know, you just... For me, I just had to take it one decision at a time. And a lot of the time I had to balance those questions or concerns off of the people on our team, our project manager. I don't know how he deals with all of my questions because (laughs) if I don't know, I would rather find out rather than just say, make something up and have to, you know, go back on that. Um, So you grow into the role little bit by little bit. And I definitely am not where I would like to be in the end. I still have a lot of learning and a lot of growing to do. but you just one decision at a time. Sometimes you have to take it a minute at a time because there are a lot of questions and a lot of concerns and a lot of decisions that have to be made. So it's more a team environment um, and collaborative than it is just me making those decisions. 
Um, the longevity uh, in a career really depends on your fulfillment, both personally and professionally. So your time here at Norec Steel, do you find that you are personally and professionally satisfied in, in your role today? I am. I love what I do and I love the people that I work with. And I find it very interesting and I'm constantly learning and I'm constantly growing. And I think it also the meeting all of the new people because every project we do has a whole new team on it, even if it is for you know a general contractor that we have worked before, with before. It's very rare for us to get the same project managers and the same um, consultants and the same all of the same team. So I think that is fulfilling for me, as well as I do like that our team, especially within our office, does stay for the long term. We have so many long term employees with us. So mm -hmm. you grow person and you also get to know, you know, what's going on in their personal lives and in the background of what's going on. So being friendly with them as well as on a professional capacity. Yeah, I, I really like that connecting with uh, your employees, especially the ones that um, uh, we had quite a few of them where Royal Door was their first and only job and they stayed with us for four decades. And, and we saw them, you know, grow into the company, then have young families, their kids graduated from school are married, have their own kids and, and they've happily retired. So I find that personally uh, fulfilling, being able to help families achieve their dream um, of, you know, home ownership, uh, being able to have a secure income and, um, you know, helping their kids get a better life than they themselves. So it's that's how I find it rewarding personally. It's true. We actually have an employee that works in our shop who just announced that he's retiring after 37 years. And oh, he amazing. actually has a photo of him with my grandfather at his workstation. I know, 37 That's years. incredible. It is. It is. So, um, you know, when he came and started working here, I was a kid, like a very young child. And now seeing that, you know, his kids are all grown up and everything like that, it just... It's very nice to see. And and I'm glad you brought that message out too, because it just is a great example to show um, our audience that companies like ours are lifelong companies where you, you start at a certain stage in your life and you end up uh, finishing at a stage of life. It's, it's not one of those careers where you're there for 10 minutes and then you're off. They, uh, there's a lot of teamwork, uh, companionship and friendships are made and uh, it, it's it's overall it's a happy place to to go to you know and it's something that you see yourself doing day in and day out not getting bored not uh, being tempted to you know change careers or anything like that it can be we also do have those people who come in and realize that this is not the industry for mm -hmm. them um, or you know a different opportunity comes up and I really am a firm believer that things happen because of not only who you know, but where you are. So sure. it's a tiny place. And while I would love for all of our employees to stay, sometimes they do have to move on and that's okay. And it is, it is. And you're grateful that they were there with the time they spent. Exactly. You have to be without every single person <laughs> in this industry and every single person that is in this building, we are nothing. Everyone has their job and there are specific jobs 
actually every single job out in our shop, I would personally not be able to do. So we rely on these people and, you know, you have to show the gratitude. I, I agree with that. You know, without um, our workforce, then, you know what, we wouldn't be here right mm -hmm. now. We wouldn't be able to offer the services that we do do. And I always say that we are a team and uh, everyone is important and has a very um, special role in the company to ensure that we're able to uh, produce and, and deliver product uh, to high standards. So I'm, I'm grateful we're able to do that with them. If you were 20 years old again, like all of us, would you uh, still choose the same career path? Why or why not? I think I would be where I am now, but I don't necessarily know that I would have ended up here the same way. Mm -hmm. um, I really loved everything that I have done. I loved working in hospitality. I loved how busy it was. I loved the people that I worked with. I loved the experiences. And, you know, I loved being a stay at home mom mm -hmm. and getting to watch my kids grow. I think the only thing that I might have done differently is if I had known when I was 20 years old that I was going to end up here, I probably would have gone about my education a little bit differently. Commerce is great, but something specific within the steel industry probably would have been beneficial. <laughs> That would have helped you out a bit more. And do you think any um, courses in business or marketing uh, would have uh, benefited as well? Just to give some sort of educational advice for our young audience. Yes, definitely. So working where I am, I definitely needed those, uh, the commerce courses. A lot of them that I took, I do use, you know, the principles on a daily basis. Um the marketing, not so much. We don't have a marketing team inside okay. here, so that we outsource. Um, but the marketing that I took, I can't really say that I have used any of those skills towards this. Um, the accounting that I took within commerce, definitely. Uh, you really have to know the ins and outs of what's happening, even though we do have an accounting manager within uh, our company. Mm -hmm. I worked very closely with her. Just trying to think of anything else within the courses that I took, but definitely, I would definitely take the steel, yeah. <laughs> the steel courses. It that would help. That. <laughs> just, just a bit, right? Yes, definitely. Maybe just okay. a little bit. <laughs> okay, let's talk about your your confidence. Uh, you mentioned that is a key factor in anything you do. Really, could you elaborate on some strategies to exude? confidence even when you may not feel it in a particular situation i think you just kind of have to fake it until you make it and i'm <laughs> better at that now than i was when i came into this position um i'm more willing to speak up within meetings whether internally or externally now mm -hmm. and i think a lot of that comes with now knowing our industry and not only our industry but our product a little bit better and that i owe to the team here and bringing me along and explaining all of the ins and outs and you know even the contract reviews things like that everything goes through our team before mm -hmm. it gets sent out but the confidence really comes from, okay, I've been in this situation before, I know how to handle it. Or I've dealt with someone with this type of personality before and I made it through, it's going to be okay. Right. And also the confidence to say, you know, you can't treat me that way. You're not willing or to let someone yell at you or talk over you or anything like that. And realizing that my voice does 
have meaning uh, is important. So having that confidence behind me now to say, okay, you know, I have made mistakes before. Maybe this is a mistake. Maybe I've gone about this the wrong way, but being okay with that and learning something from it every step of the way. Let's move on to, are there any uh, books, quotes, or individuals who have greatly influenced your values or provided guidance in your journey? Yes. So um, not only those, I, I hope it's okay, but I took a, a course on, specifically on leadership within construction for women. Um, so that course, I think, bringing me together with different women and the values that they provided. Uh, especially because women are not generally leaders within the construction industry. So seeing my peers in the construction industry, whether it be in um, some of them were in, you know, renovations and some of them were within the disaster area, and just being able to speak to them and figure out how to work towards our goals. Mm -hmm. That was very insightful. Um, I read a book called getting to yes which is all about negotiation tactics so that one was very interesting because it had a lot of insights that i hadn't really seen before and a, just a different way of looking at negotiations i would mm -hmm. say that i am not a strong negotiator because yeah. i wear my heart on my sleeve but it was very helpful in learning to have a little bit more of a poker face yeah, I bet that one for sure. <laughs> and then as far as quotes, I this one just keeps coming back to me all the time. And it's, you know, I want to lead my life in a way where I have a backbone made of steel, but a heart made of gold. And being able to stand up for myself, and not only for myself, for the people around me who need me to stand up for them, but also doing it with grace and in a way that I'm able to foster positive relationships going forward. Um, I'm not someone who is willing to just cut someone out professionally or otherwise. I really do think that there are a lot of different ways that we can get to a positive end result. So yeah, this one. So good. I like that one very much. How do you uh, instill values and a strong work ethic in your own children or the younger generation? Oh, my own children. <laughs> we try really hard. Um, our kids, we have very high expectations for them. And sometimes they don't like that. But that is just something that they're going to have to live with. Because down the road, I think they will appreciate the fact that we do push them as hard as we do. Not necessarily at a school aspect because they try really hard and I have really smart kids and they do take pride in their work mm -hmm. as far as it goes for their teachers. <laughs> for us, sometimes That's they good. do, yeah, they try to uh, dodge the jobs that we ask them to do a little bit sometimes. Um, but with them, I have a saying and I say, do it right or do it again. And I my husband and I both try to follow through on that because mm -hmm. if, if they don't live up to those expectations for us, I think it's really difficult for them to stand on their own two feet and deal with those consequences. They are young. Um, my daughter's 13 and my son is nine. And I think they also both get that work ethic from 
other places. Like my daughter is a competitive gymnast, so Mm -hmm. she has to deal with her coaches. And if she's not meeting those expectations there, she has to find a way to do that. And she has a really great peer group that holds her accountable for a lot of things. And, you know, my son is just getting into music. And so he has his instructors. And there are times when he just doesn't want you know, I don't want to do this lesson today, but this is a commitment that we have made and we can't just duck out of that commitment because there are other people that are counting on us in that situation. And he's also involved in uh, Scouts Canada. So I think it's been really interesting with him seeing the different types of children who end up in those programs because, you know, they are very affordable programs and there are people from a lot of different walks of life, which is great because he gets to see, you know, the great aspects of our life as well as the things, the opportunities that we don't have within our Mm -hmm. life. Um, And he's able to foster those relationships with so many different kids. And I think going forward, he would love to be more involved in that. And with scouts i think it's the same type of thing do it right or do it again because you know if you're going camping and you set up your tent and it isn't done properly you're gonna have to do it again anyway (laughs) or face the weather consequences right the consequences exactly (laughs) that's good that's a very inspirational words uh for everyone that's listening I just wanted to ask you, how do you envision leaving a positive impact on the construction steel industry aligning with your values and principles? Well, I think all of that comes from the way that my grandfather used to do business. So um, he always said, my word is my bond. Um, He would always make deals with a handshake. And Mm -hmm. we all know that that is not the way that life is anymore. If it's not in a contract with all of the I's dotted and all of the T's crossed, then it is no good. But I like to think that I am a person of my word. And in doing that, I think you just, you inspire the people who are coming up in this industry because the last thing that anybody needs is for someone to waste their time or not live up to the expectations. And I mean, my dad was the same way. My dad is that type of a leader. And, you know, if he said something was going to get done, then something was going to get done. And that's just the way that I'm trying to live my life. I'm sure that there are times when I am failing that because I'm running in 17 different directions at a time, but (laughs) it's something that I strive to do. Oh, yeah, it's important if, if you give your word on something to to maintain it, because it just keeps respectability about yourself and, and your company uh, throughout the industry and, and other professionals around you. Yeah. So what exciting projects or goals do you have in the future? Um, I think in the future, I would really like to take those steel courses. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I did really enjoy the uh, the leadership for women course that I took. Um, Mm -hmm. The big takeaway from that one was transformational rather than transactional leadership. Um, So trying to get to a point where, you know, I would love to be a leader that does transform rather than, you know, you do this and I'll do this. So I think my goal is to work with our new president to get to a point where I do feel comfortable making those leadership decisions. Um, he's been with us for two months now, and he's a really great leader within our industry. He does have a lot of experience and I could learn a lot from him. That's great. 
So as we close off, Allison, we're incredibly thankful for your time and insights. Any final thoughts or advice you'd like to leave our community with? I would love to see more women get into this industry. Um, a lot of the women that I have met within the steel industry have been have come in with family ties and it would be really nice to see you know the opportunities open up for women who don't necessarily fall into these roles it's a very interesting industry and it's not that big of an industry but Mm. there are so many opportunities where women can come in and you know bring so much to the table, bring these different communication styles and these different leadership styles. And it would be really nice to see more of them. Yeah. And that's why we're here. Hopefully the word will uh, spread and and we'll get more women uh, interested in uh, the steel industry. And for our listeners who want to connect and learn more about you, where can they find you, uh, Allison? Um, So I am on LinkedIn, um, Allison over hyphen Barker. And I would be happy to share my email address with you if uh, anybody wanted to get in touch with me that way. Awesome. Only Women Entrepreneurs is here to support and uplift women on their entrepreneurial and alternative career journeys. To discover more of our rich pool of resources, visit our website, onlywomenentrepreneurs.com for insights, interviews, and guidance tailored specifically for women navigating the business world. Here you can also find my personal development and business courses to help you on your journey. Whether you want to start a new business or you want to get to the next level of your career, I can help guide you every step of the way. Don't hesitate and book your free consultation with me today at onlywomen.entrepreneurs.com. Follow us on social media at onlywomenentrepreneurs to stay connected with like-minded women who are building their dream lives. We're here to provide the tools, resources, and inspiration you need to achieve success. We only get stronger as a community if you share. Make sure that you let everyone know in your circle that we're here. Hit subscribe so you don't miss out on the next episode. Thanks so much, everyone. Thank you.